prayer. I'm going to say some things about prayer that you have never heard before. Why do I know you have never heard it before? Even though you have been in church for decades and heard thousands of sermons, because I've been in church for decades and I've heard thousands of sermons and I've never heard a message, a sermon on prayer like this one. And as far as I know, I am the first one to say it just like this. Since I'm the first one to say it, that means you've never heard it before. And since I'm the first one and maybe the only one to say it, I know you really have never heard this message before like this. What is prayer? Prayer is talking to God, asking of God. Why pray? The obvious reason why to pray is to get answers from God, to talk to God, to ask him for things, and to have him answer you and do things for you, miraculous things. This is the power and the spice for the Christian, is getting prayers answered. And our country is in desperate need today of Christians praying because all the mess and the lies and the deceit that's going on in America, in our government, in the White House, in the House of Congress, mayors and governors. So we need Christians praying again, back on our knees. So I'm gonna take this message a different direction. First of all, we know the Bible talks about prayer, but I'm just gonna focus on the actual words of Christ. We know the entire Bible is the word of God, but I'm gonna focus on what Christ said when he was here on this earth in the gospels about prayer. And I want to see if you can pick up the essence, the meaning, of Christ's words whenever he talked about prayer while he was here on this earth. Certainly you can take the lessons on prayer from the entire New Testament and apply them to the doctrine of prayer. There's nothing wrong with that. And we may do that in later lessons. But I want you to get the spirit of Christ in his actual words he said many times to his disciples about Prayer. I just gave you a general definition about prayer, what it is, why Christians should do it, why we do do it. Now I just want you to listen and think just for a few moments here as I read the words of Christ in the Gospels on what he said about prayer. And I want you to notice that you will come up with a different idea of prayer than what you have heard in sermons before. Isn't that interesting? So let's go to Christ himself and let's read what he said, hear what he said about prayer. Then apply that to what we need to know about prayer. And then if anything that we have heard previously from a sermon, from a pastor that doesn't fit with prayer, we're going to, of course, choose the words of Christ as preeminent. And we're going to cast all the other stuff aside. 
So refocus on what prayer is and what prayer does. Let's hear from the master himself. Prayer begins in Matthew chapter 6. Some people call this the Lord's Prayer, but this is actually the disciples' model prayer. The Lord's Prayer is in the book of John. So let's look at the disciples' model prayer. We're not going to go through the whole thing. You've heard many messages on that, but I want you to focus on the spirit and essence. I'm just going to read straight through the words of Christ hopefully without stopping, without commenting, to let you get the whole spirit. Think in your mind, think in your thoughts. Be in that place right now with one of the disciples on the shores of, of Capernaum, listening to Christ teach about prayer and see if you can pick up what his idea was about prayer that is not being preached in our pulpits today. Matthew 6, verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Matthew 17, 21. How be it, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Matthew 21, 13. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Very powerful verse. Matthew 21, 22. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask, in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Powerful verse. Matthew 23, 14. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Book of Mark chapter 9, verse 29. And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Mark eleven seventeen. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. Mark 12, verse 40. Which devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers, these shall receive greater damnation. The book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 13. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Luke two thirty-seven, And she was a widow, of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Luke 5.33 And they said unto him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, but thine eat and drink. Luke 6.12 
And it came to pass in those days that he went out into the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Luke 19, 46. Saying unto them, it is written, My house is the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Luke 20, 47. Which devour widows' houses, and for a show make long prayers, the same shall receive greater damnation. Luke 22:45. And when he rose up from prayer, and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. Now the book of John has prayer in it, and I just I told you the Lord's Prayer is actually in the book of John. But the word prayer is not specifically mentioned in the book of John, even though people do pray. Prayers are in the book of John. So that's why it's not showing up in our word study on prayer. Now, did you get the spirit and the essence of Christ's teaching on prayer? Okay. What jumped out at me, and hopefully you got it here, was that Christ is not interested in the length of your prayer. Long prayers often lead to insincerity. And this lesson is not on the length of prayer, but I just want to mention that one too as well. There is a prayer with fasting, denying of the body, appetites, and closing the mind off to the world and closing your eyes in prayer, in humility. There's that aspect of it. But I want to go back to taking this, the entire lessons of Christ on prayer in the Gospels. I want to go back to the one that jumped out as the most powerful of all his lessons, that even eclipsed those. I don't know if you caught it. But let's just go back to it and focus on it. Did you catch it? Matthew 21, 22. In all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. So Matthew 21 is the pivotal verse on Christ's teachings on prayer. So let's unpack Matthew 21, where Christ makes this powerful statement about prayer that I don't, I have never heard in messages before. So let's take and look at the entire context of this verse so we can see exactly what Christ is talking about. Now, when Christ was in Jerusalem, he would often travel to a nearby city of Bethany where Lazarus, Martha, and Mary lived, and they were close friends of his. So this is one of his headquarters, was right here outside of Jerusalem in Bethany. So after his entry into Jerusalem, he was coming back from Bethany. And it's, let's start in verse 18. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. So he went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there, and then he returned to the city of Jerusalem, and he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only. And he said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the, the fig tree withered away. Very interesting. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this 
which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And then verse 22, And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. This is the promise of God. Did God mean what he said? Did God say what he meant? Let's look at the historical context of this verse. It was a time where the fig tree, which could be a figurative representation of the nation of Israel, in this case, failing to provide fruit and therefore being destroyed. Also, the fig tree could also represent the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that was in the Garden of Eden in the beginning, showing the failure of all of mankind to provide fruit. Whatever the case, in the historical context, this verse was given in the Gospels to the disciples, the followers of Christ, before the other verses in the Apostles' writing in the New Testament, other books, before those were written, this verse was given. So we have all the other verses that deal with prayer in the New Testament, and we should use those. But I just want to focus on this one event in history where Christ taught on prayer before the disciples taught on prayer in their epistles. His words here, and all things. So Christ is teaches in prayer that everything could be, should be, is a matter of prayer. All things whatsoever there is that whatsoever, almost like the whatsoever from John 3.16. The whomsoever. Anybody can come to Christ. So here we have the whatsoever. Anything can fall under the power of prayer. And all things whatsoever, any thought or idea you have, Ye shall ask in prayer. Get this. Believing ye shall receive.
Now that sounds like Christ is saying, just whatever you want, you'll get. All you got to do is ask me and I'll give it to you. Is that what he's saying? Or is he trying to get you down that road of thought by giving you these nuggets of wisdom, these carrot sticks before the horse, these gems to bring you into a closer prayer life and walk life with him. So he says this fantastic verse, not because it's not true, but because it's a card, a draw card. It's the honey to bring you in. Believing ye shall receive. That word believing is a big word. If you're a belief, if you believe in Christ, that means you want what God wants. I'm a believer. I believe in Christ. I believe in prayer. I believe that what I ask of him, he will give it to me because of my belief, I'm going to ask for what he wants me to have. If God wants you to have it, and you come along and agree with God that yes, you are supposed to have this, why would not God give it to you? So much of the Christian life is prayer is a 50-50 shot. Prayer is a might or maybe. But Christ is teaching no prayer is a certainty. He's teaching you believe. You ask. You shall receive. It almost sounds like I'm a genie in a magic lamp, does it? It does almost sound like that. But I believe that is not what Christ is. He's not a genie in magic land. You get whatever you want. But I believe he's saying, the closer you get to me, you find out the things that I want for you. Then you'll begin to want the same things that I want for you. And then we'll both have the same desire and then I'll give you what you want. Here is a companion verse to this verse right here. Psalm 37, 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee 
the desires of thine heart. Now that verse is in Psalms, so it was already there in the Torah for the disciples to know, to look, and to read. So Christ's teaching on prayer in Matthew was actually a buildup or a strengthening of that same thought and desire that he gave back in Psalms. You become partnership. You become servanthood to God. You hook up and yoke up with Christ. And you follow him, you believe him, and you want, you naturally want what he wants. You don't want what the world wants. You don't want what the Hollywood wants. You don't want the garbage and the sin. You want the holiness, you want the purity, you want the truth, you want what's right. And God says, yes, I want those same things for you. And then you decide, say, I'm going to pray and ask God for the desires of my heart. The desires of your heart are already what God wants. And then you two come together and make this agreement. And God says, yes, that's what I wanted for you. And you say, yes, God, I used to want something else, but now I surrender to you. And I now want what you want. Now my desire is your desire. And God says, now I'm going to give you your desires. Powerful verse. Even with that thought behind it, it still does not take away from the power of this verse. Because this power of this verse is for all Christians to get their prayers answered. So if we are not getting our prayers answered as Christians, what does that tell us? That tells us we don't believe enough. One of the men who came to Christ whose son was healed. Before his son was healed, Christ asked him, does he believe? He said, Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. So the more that we believe God, the more that we trust in him, the more that we increase our faith, And faith cometh by what? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more that we increase that, the stronger our belief becomes, the more faith we put our trust in him, the more prayers we get answered. I don't know about you, but I want to be on the side of people who get their prayers answered. People can sit there and be the naysayers as long as they want. You can say, oh, that's not what it means. 
God's not like that. You can't get whatever you want from God. That's not how it works. You got to do this and do that and do this and blah, 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 blah. And then maybe after you do all that, maybe God will grant you your requests. Fine for them, not for me. I'm with the old saints of God in the church, the gray hairs in the church, the men and women in the church who get their prayers answered on a daily basis. <clears throat> and I'm talking about not just spiritual things, but material things that God has given us to use to reach more people for his kingdom. To reach more people with the gospel, to reach more people and send out more missionaries across the world to reach more people, it takes money. And that's just a fact of the matter. It takes money. So the only way for you to increase and reach more people with the gospel and send out more missionaries to do God's work, you're going to have to increase your money. Not many people like that. They haven't heard, ever heard preaching like this before. I know, but I'm just preaching you what God says in his word. And he says, all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. You know why we don't have enough Christians praying? Because we don't have enough Christians believing. And I've been there before. I've been at the all-night prayer meetings where churches prayed for a million dollars to come in so the bank won't shut them down or they had to have this much money to come in for this mortgage or to keep this camp going or to keep this school open or to keep this ministry going or they needed hundreds of thousands of dollars for a new bus to keep the bus ministry going or to repair the buses or and people been there and I've been with them and prayed and I got down on my knees thinking, you know what? I'm going to pray, but God may do it. God may not do it. And that's a sure sign that it will not get done. Why don't we change this around to where Christ said it? His viewpoint, his thought pattern on this. Change this around to not God might, not God might do it. Change this around to God will do it. I'd rather have a bunch of church people in an all-night prayer meeting believing that God will do it. And not have it happen exactly when and how they expect it to happen. Than to have a bunch of church people praying that God might do it. And then not have it happen. And then you got, see, I told you so. I mean, it was nice to be there for an all-night prayer meeting, but I knew God wasn't going to give us that million dollars. I'd rather have the, the, the leader, the pastor, the preacher that says, you know, God's going to give us that million dollars. We prayed all night. We asked God for it, and we claimed this promise of his, Whatever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. So I'm claiming God's promise that I shall receive this. A preacher of a long time ago 
said, there is no such thing as a no answer to prayer. Now think about that for a while, what he was saying. I believe the same thing Christ is saying in this passage right here. If you look at this passage in its context and look at it in historical scenery, look at it in the time and look at it in this verse right here and you see this verse just jumps right out at you. Where Christ says this, in the midst of all this, pray, believe, receive. 